All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you're able to join us. And if you weren't awake before, you should be awake now with how loud my voice was there. So we're good. Uh, if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Tyson. I'm one of the pastors on the team here at Callwood Church, and I'm glad that you've chosen to be with us this morning. Uh, we're grateful. Don't we have awesome sound people? They're figuring it out, and probably my fault, and so they're, they're crushing it up there. Thanks, Vol and, and Mike. You guys are awesome. Um, as we jump into this morning's message, let me just ask a question. Do we have anyone in the room who you are a self-described gift person? You like presents? No one wants to admit that in church because they're like, ah, oh, am I going to get judged for being a gift person? But let me just say, I love presents when it comes to Christmas. I was that kid in our household growing up. When it came to Christmas morning, I mysteriously developed a cough at about 5.30 or 6 a.m. to just try and wake up the whole rest of the household. I'd be like up at 6 a.m., just so jacked up, so excited for presents. I'd be like, <clears throat> just walking around the whole house, stomping as loud as I could. Oh, you guys are up? Oh, great. Okay. Well, maybe we can jump into this then. I, I, would, I was the kid growing up who would look, as soon as the presents were underneath the tree, I would look, under, and, and when no one was looking, I would pick up the box and start to shake it and be like, okay, what is this? It's about the size of NHL 99, which I really wanted this year, so I'll just give it a couple shakes. That sounds like a disc is inside. We're good to go. Nice. I got to the point, at one point, with being so excited about gifts, I would cut the tape along the tape line just to look inside to see what the present was and then chuck another piece of tape right over top. My parents got a little bit wise to this and then eventually they just stopped putting presents under the tree until Christmas morning. So anybody else though love, love gifts? Anybody in the room? When you get a gift, you immediately want to use it. When I get a, like a piece of clothing or shoes, I'll put it on immediately and like wear it around. When I get a new game, I want to put it into practice, into action. Let's go play this game. When I get a piece of technology, I'm like, let's use this right now. I love doing that uh, to the point where my wife kind of thinks I'm a little bit weird. On our, on our honeymoon, I got a, a present for a new pair of shoes, and she claims that I wore them to sleep in bed that night, <laughs> which I disagree with. There is a key difference between wearing them in bed and wearing them to sleep. Those are two different things. <laughs> Big difference. Maybe I am the weird one, it's true. But I, I love gifts and putting them into action, which is what made what I found last week super unusual in my life. Last week I was doing a bit of cleaning and I came across a gift card that I'd received uh, over a year ago. And it was a Visa gift card in my life. And, and, and I started to, I, I came across it and I was like, this can't be right. Like I, when I get a gift card, I go try and spend it immediately, like within the hour. Like that's my MO. And I found this gift card and I was like, this can't be right. So I go to check the gift card and it's true, there's actually money on it. But because I forgot about it for almost a year, service charges started coming off of my Visa gift card. And so it was worth less than what was stated on the front. I had this gift card, but it was basically useless to me for a long period of time. It might as well have just stayed wrapped up as a present under the tree for me because I didn't use it for a whole year. And I say all that to say, sometimes I think this idea that we're talking about in this series of peace is kind of like an unwrapped present in our lives. We know that it's there. We know it's available to us. We know it's accessible. But sometimes it just kind of stays wrapped up under the tree, waiting for us to unwrap it 
and to access it. Our lived experience often lacks the peace that we talked about last week, talking about the shalom of God. And if you weren't with us last week, one of the things that we kind of talked about as we started this series of peace or pieces is this idea that the Old Testament word for peace is shalom. And it's why we use the illustration of a puzzle. When a puzzle is all together, every piece in its place, you could say that that's shalom. But biblically speaking, the opposite idea of peace is anxiety. The New Testament word carries with it, that the Bible uses for anxiety, carries with it the idea of being in pieces. You're scattered everywhere instead of being whole or together or all in one place. And so with it, that's why we named this series Peace or Pieces. And we talked a lot about anxiety last week. And so if you want to dive more into the topic of anxiety, we talked about that a lot more last week. Um, But this week, we're going to be digging into how do we actually unwrap this peace that we're talking about in our lives more fully. We talked about last week how the the Prince of Peace has come to bring peace to this world, a longing that each one of us has in our hearts, a longing that 500 years before Jesus came to this earth, the prophet Isaiah said, a Prince of Peace will come and his government will have a peace that lasts forever. But yet our lived experience often does not match up with that reality. If, If I'm the only one, that's fair, but often I notice This peace that we're talking about isn't something that we experience on a day-to-day basis. And so that's why the question that I want us to look at this morning is how can we unwrap this gift of peace in our lives more? How can we experience more of this peace? And this is where two passages in Scripture are so helpful in getting us to unwrap this gift of peace that our Prince of Peace has given to us this Christmas season. Uh, The first one comes from the Apostle Paul out of Philippians uh, chapter 4. And the Apostle Paul says this, The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It goes on to say, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. And we jump ahead to Jesus' words out of Matthew chapter 6, which was actually in our church Bible reading this week. And it says this, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? And Jesus finishes with this. So don't worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? What will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, as we've read these words, is anybody else in the room a little bit like, really, Paul? Don't be anxious. Really, Jesus? Don't worry. They, they make it sound so easy, don't they? They make it sound so simple. They must have maybe just in the first century had an easier life than we did where they didn't have to worry about the internet and social media and all these things showing us how bad life actually is. We can read these words and we can dismiss them as kind of ancient. They didn't really understand the struggles that I'm going through today. They don't know what life is like in the 21st century. And we can kind of just dismiss them or pretend that they don't actually apply to our lives right here and right now. Well, I want us to just for a moment look at the life of Paul and realize that Paul had it anything but easy in his life. When Paul is writing these words, don't be anxious about anything, and he goes on to say, for I have learned the secret to contentment in anything. Where do you think he was writing those words from? Was he sitting on a beach sipping a pina colada going, ah, yes, don't be anxious about anything. Yes, I'll have another waiter. Thank you. No. Paul was writing those words from a jail cell, awaiting to hear his fate. When Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, I've learned the secret to contentment, he is not sipping, on, sipping pina coladas on a beach. He is writing from right in the middle of the battle. He's writing having gone through stuff. He knows how difficult life can be sometimes, and yet he still says the words, don't be anxious. And Jesus, if you know his story, he didn't have it easy either. And this is why we need to pay attention to the words that these two men have to say about anxiety and worry and how we can actually access more peace in our lives. They give us, in these two passages, so many things that I can't talk about all of them this morning, but so many different things that will help us to unwrap peace in our lives more fully. And so for us to unwrap peace more fully today, I just want to give us four things that we can remember. The first one is this, remember the source of peace. Jesus. When we are stressed and anxious, how many people in the room today would say that their first line of defense is to go to Google? Anybody? Maybe you go to a friend or a family member, but, but often we look at how do we deal with this problem when we type it into Google and try and get answers from, we crowdsource it to the internet. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but often what we do is we're looking for a quick fix to our anxiety or our fear, or our worry. We're looking for a hack. How can I hack my anxiety and experience less anxiety in my life and, and kind of move towards having more peace? Sometimes we'll turn to different kind of avenues. We'll go for a massage, or we'll go for acupuncture. We'll go maybe to go exercise or go do some yoga. We'll try different kind of different things in our lives to experience more and more of this peace. In 2020, The Onion had this article uh, title that was really funny to me. They said this, where weighted, weighted blankets are sure to succeed, where CBD, salt lamps, oil diffusers, acupressure mat, bath bombs, and white noise machine failed. <laughs> the Onion is a satirical news site. That's not a real article. But the idea behind it is the same. We look for quick fixes 
to try and get us out of difficult moments and difficult situations. And I'm not trying to be down on any of these things like meditation or deep breathing or exercise or any of these things that, that, that God can use to bring common grace into our lives and give us some relief or release in our lives. Those can be good things. But what I am advocating for this morning is when we forget the source of our peace and try to go to those things for lasting peace, we are missing the root of the issue. The root of the issue is that our peace, the source of it comes from our creator, comes from God. And as followers of Jesus, one of the things that we believe is that for us to be truly alive and for us to be truly human, we are created and designed to be in connection with our creator. We are created and designed for a relationship and he is the source of our peace. And so when we try to find peace apart from the source, apart from the one who has created us and designed us for a relationship with him, all of our shortcuts to peace are not going to last in our lives. And that's why if we want to unwrap peace for our lives, we have to recognize where it first starts. The source of our peace is first and foremost found in God and in Jesus. The second thing that I would say that we need to remember, actually, sorry, before I get there, the, the Jesus puts it this way, quite simply. He says, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We can seek answers in a whole bunch of different areas, but Jesus' encouragement to us today is to seek first his kingdom to seek him first in our lives and seeking his kingdom coming in our lives. The peace that we are looking for and longing for is first and foremost found in him because he is the source. The second thing, now that I've read that scripture and didn't forget it, is the second thing that we need to remember is the generosity of the giver. We need to remember the generosity of God. I want to speak this morning just for a moment. Do we have any married guys in the room? Okay, we'll, we'll expand this. Do we have any guys in relationship in the room? Okay. Everyone else, you're not here. I'm just talking to married guys for a moment. <laughs> married guys, have you ever got a gift for your significant other thinking you absolutely crushed it? <laughs> Only to find out that you completely missed the boat? You're walking through the store thinking, oh, I want to get a good gift. I want to get the right gift for my spouse. Oh, what is she like? What does she need? Uh, what does she do all the time? Well, I know she loves cleaning around our house. And so oh, I'm just going to get her that jumbo pack of Lysol wipes from Costco. And it's just going to be a blessing to her life. And she unwraps it on Christmas morning and she says, you use these. <laughs> I, I told that example to my wife, and she's like, I would love a jumbo pack of Lysol wipes. <laughs> Sometimes we try our best and try our hardest, but we completely miss the boat when it comes to gifts. But have you ever experienced the opposite of that? Have you ever experienced someone getting you a gift that was so thoughtful, that was more generous than you could have ever imagined? And the next time that person goes to give you a gift, you're like, I can't wait to unwrap this. I am so excited about what they are going to give me. Well, friends, let me encourage you. That's the type of gift giver that God is towards us. He is thoughtful. He is generous. He knows what we need. I love the way that Jesus puts it. God provides for the wildflowers in the fields. If you can flip ahead, Mark, to the next one. God provides for the birds and the wildflowers. He will surely provide for you. 
Jesus uses these two illustrations of birds and wildflowers to demonstrate the generosity that God has towards each one of us. And he goes on to talk about these birds and wildflowers in great detail. And one of the, one of the amazing things is that, that helps us to unwrap peace in our lives is remembering this generosity of the gift giver towards us. I love what, um, what uh, Martin Luther has to say about this. Martin Luther says that the bird is one of his favorite preachers. He says, I have one preacher that I love better than any other. It's my little tame Robin who preaches to me daily. I put his crumbs on my windowsill, especially at night, and he hops onto the sill when he wants his supply, takes as much as he desires to satisfy his need. From there, he always hops to a little tree close by and lifts his voice up to God and sings his carol of praise and gratitude, tucks his little head under his wings and goes fast to sleep to leave tomorrow to look after itself. He is the best preacher I have on earth. I knew I was coming to this illustration of birds and flowers preaching. And on Friday, I was doing the dishes, looking out into my backyard. And there was this piece of our backyard where uh, a portion of the grass had to get dug up because there was some work that needed to get done. And so I planted some new seed on it. And I'm sitting there doing the dishes and I'm looking out at a dozen little birds just feasting off of the seed. I was like, God, thank you that you provide for those birds. Just maybe a different means next time. Birds and wildflowers preach sermons to us that remind us of the goodness of God. Have you thought about the fact that there are whole fields of wildflowers that no one will ever see, and yet God still creates and designs them and sustains them? God in his generosity, sustains the birds and the wildflowers, and surely he will sustain you. God knows not only what you long for, what you, what you want, but he knows exactly what you need even better than you. Here's how Jesus puts it. He says, don't worry saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all those things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. When we are worried, when we are anxious about things in our life, we can come back to the generosity of God and remember that he knows exactly what we need even more than we do. And he will generously supply. If he will keep the, the birds and the flowers alive, surely he will sustain us as well. We need to remember the generosity of the giver to unleash and to unwrap more peace in our lives and less worry. The third thing that from these passages that I want us to remember today is remember gratitude. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi and he says these, these words. He goes on to say, In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. One of the keys to unwrapping peace in our lives is right in the middle of that. With thanksgiving. Last week, we talked about how when we experience anxiety, when we experience worry, we can, we can take those moments and actually turn to the Prince of Peace. When we hear the voice of what if running rampant in our minds, the voice of worry and anxiety, those are actually opportunities where we can pause and take those, those thoughts captive and turn them into prayers towards God. Well, what we didn't talk about last week is that right in the middle is of that saying is with thanksgiving. Gratitude can release peace in our lives. 
One of the things that can most undermine peace in our lives is a spirit of entitlement. Entitlement says this, everything is owed to me. I don't need to be grateful for anything because everything is owed to me. If we operate from a spirit of entitlement where everything is owed to us, we appreciate nothing and we expect everything. And that is one of the things that can just hamstring peace in our lives. And this is so important. In this, in this passage that we just read earlier, the word that we read again is that there is a gift that God has given to us. The, the life that God wants for us is a free gift that he has given to us. This free gift of peace that he wants for you and for me. And the reminder for all of us today is that on the other side of a gift is the spirit of entitlement. I'm owed that present. I'm owed this peace. I'm owed all these things. And friends, let me remind us today, nothing is owed to us. The way that the New Testament puts it in Romans chapter 6 is the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing is owed to us. Everything that we have is a free gift from God. And that's why gratitude can unleash peace in our lives because it actually helps us to see everything through the lens of grace instead of the lens of entitlement. When we are grateful, it helps us to see that every good thing that we have in life is a gift from God. And we can operate from that place first and foremost instead of seeking to believe that everything is owed to us or we deserve everything that we have. When we go through life that way, we experience so little peace and so in the middle of this passage, Paul says with thanksgiving to remind us of the, the importance and the centrality of peace in our lives being unleashed with gratitude. So the next time you're in the middle of a challenging moment and challenging situations, I'm not trying to diminish those or say that they're not real. But one of the questions when you have a moment to just think and to reflect is, what can I be thankful for today? What can I be thankful for today? Maybe it's, not that much. Maybe it's just the cup of coffee you had to start your day. Maybe it's a really challenging season, but when we get our eyes off of ourselves and we remind, are reminded of what God has done in our lives, we can be thankful and grateful and we start to experience that transforming peace that, that God desires for us. Gratitude helps us to unwrap more peace this season in our lives. So those are the first three things we got to remember. We've got to remember the source of our peace. We've got to remember God's generosity and his provision in our lives. And we've got to remember that gratitude is one of the ways that we can experience more of that peace. The final thing that I want us to remember is to remember that worry is a dead-end street. We were recently in Vancouver for my grandma's 80th birthday. And, and our son, who's just under two years old, fell asleep in the car as we were driving. He hadn't had a nap that day. And so Lindsay, my wife, says, let's just keep driving, give him a few minutes to kind of sleep. And so we're, we're driving along, and she's like, hey, just turn down one of these side streets. We can just look at all the houses on the side street. And I was like, that's a great idea. So I go to turn down the side street, and immediately I see that it is a dead end. We get to the end of the street, and any parent in the room knows as soon as the momentum stops, I put it into reverse, Bo wakes up immediately. So much for that nap. 
Have, have you ever driven down a road before thinking that it would take you somewhere else, but it actually doesn't go where you want it to go? Friends, for us today, worry is kind of like that. We can expect worry to be helpful for it to take us to a place that we want to go, but it doesn't actually get us to where we hope. It doesn't actually take us anywhere. This is the way that Jesus puts it. Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? I just threw the little Jesus quote in there just so you know who it came from. Can any of us add one moment to our lives by worrying? We often think that worry will take us somewhere, but it's a dead end. And we often get to the end of it, and it doesn't get us anywhere that we want to go. And the hidden secret in both of these passages that Jesus and Paul are trying to encourage us with today is we actually have the ability to choose what we think about. We have the ability to choose what goes on in our minds. Uh, The example that I think of with this is, uh, this might be a, a dated illustration, but back in the day, does anyone remember when you had to actually flip by other channels on your TV to get to the one you wanted? Back in the day, Gen Zs, there used to be this thing where you had to actually go by every single channel to get to the one that you wanted to go to. Or if you're really fancy and you had a satellite, there's also a guide, but that that's kind of defeats the purpose, but that's okay. But you had to flip past every channel to kind of get to the one that you wanted to land on. What, what I know is you can't control what's on the channels on the way, but you can control how long you stay on those channels. We don't get to choose every single thought that pops into our minds and pops into our heads, but we can choose how long we allow it to stay on. Just like flipping through the channels to get to the one that we want to go to, we can choose how long we allow that thought to stay on in our minds. And when we allow the channel of worry to stay on in our minds for an extended period of time, it actually stops us from experiencing the peace that God hopes for us peace that God wants for us and desires for us. Instead, we need to focus on the fact that he is the source of our peace, that that he is a generous and good gift giver, that he desires for us to experience this peace. Focus on those things instead of focusing on the channel of worry in our lives. I love the way that the Apostle Paul sums kind of this idea of placing our focus on something. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Where our minds go and where we allow our minds to go matters. Where we place our attention, where we fix our focus, where we spend our time allowing that channel to be on in our minds actually matters. And the promise is when we focus on these things, when we focus on the truth of who God is, the truth of his goodness in our lives, the peace of God will be with you. If we want to experience and unwrap more peace in our lives, we have to remember that worrying isn't the avenue to get us there. It's actually going to undermine the peace that God has for us. The peace of God this Christmas season is available to us. It is a gift that is waiting to be unwrapped for us this Christmas. We have access to it because of Jesus, who is our Prince of Peace, like we talked about last week. And he desires for each one of us to experience the shalom, 
the peace of God, the wholeness, the completeness of God in our lives. We do not have to worry, and instead we can focus on the goodness of who God is. So as we draw to a close this morning, I want to lead us through just a simple prayer exercise. A simple prayer exercise that will hopefully help us to experience some more of this peace in our lives. I came across it this last week, and it was helpful for me, so I thought it'd be worthwhile to share with us today. And this, this prayer exercise just has two pieces to it. Release and receive. Is there something in your mind that you are clinging to worry over right now? Is there something that you are holding on tightly to worry on in your lives? Is there something that you're stressed out about, something that you're anxious over, something that is weighing down on you? I want you to just think about that for a moment. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bring these things to mind if there is something that is hindering us from experiencing your peace. And so for all of us now, I invite you to close your eyes. And if there's something that comes to your mind, something that is worrying you, I invite you to close your fists up facing down as if you're holding that thing that you are worrying about. And whenever you have it in your mind, I invite you to just turn your hands upwards and say, God, I give this to you. I am done worrying about it. Lord, I release this to you. Help me to be done worrying about it. The second part of this exercise is simply this. With your hands now open, facing up, say, God, I receive your peace in this place of worry.